Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Rivers Casino, and we've got a very special guest here at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. This guy's always doing good work in our community still, even though you won the Super Bowl. I mean, what is it, six years now? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a long time. Did you get taller? Uh, I feel like you got taller. John Clark got taller, yeah, (laughs) or I got shorter. (laughs) But it's good to see you. Chris Long is here, and uh, we're here at Chickies and Pete's, of course, the Chris Long Foundation, always doing great work. You've got a new beer, game day standard, because you're helping school kids in Philadelphia. We're going to get into that in a second. But, man, Eagles fans have a lot of things going on right now. Uh, So let me ask you, when you see that Nick Sirianni's staying, do you think that is the right move for the Eagles to have Nick Sirianni still as a head coach? Listen, I still trust Jeffrey and Howie and the decisions they make. I think it all comes down to getting the coordinator hires right, right? Because that's why we're here. You know, he wasn't an offensive play caller the year we went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's, he's a walk-around coach, and some of the best coaches in the game are those guys. And, you know, Dan Campbell's an example of a guy like that, certainly. Um, I think it's a unique situation. So they know full well what they're getting into. Not a lot of coaches see play calling and survive as long as Nick has. So he obviously has some sort of differentiating factor. Um, And if you talk to players, they love the guy. So listen, uh, it's hard to scrap a a deal when you just were in the Super Bowl a year ago. As easy as it is in today's NFL to say, hey, just start over. Um, They know what I don't in that building. Right, and um, they must know that they're going to hire the right people to call plays, and they like the guy leading the team. and And I'm not going to argue with with them in that scenario. But you know, this year is going to be big. You have to nail the hires, and um, I'll be looking forward to see who, who they bring in. It's interesting because this will be three straight years having different coordinators. That's the thing. How it, tough is that? It's such a unique thing. It's such a unique thing, and you know, I think for young quarterbacks, one of the dangers of having you know, whether it's a defensive head coach or an offensive coach that doesn't call the plays is there is a, a situation like the Sykin situation where the guy leaves and you see a little bit of a regression. The play calling was not, it wasn't where you wanted to be this year, right? Now, I think Jalen's 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 the answer, right? Like, I, I don't think we're talking about the quarterback. In my opinion, as bad as they looked on offense at times and at times, quite frankly, when he did not look like himself, He's playing through some injuries, and I think the scheme matters. You look around the league, there are four to six guys who, in this league, at any given time, and that's a high number, um, that can survive in any scheme and can look the same in any scheme or close to it. Look at the things Patrick Mahomes overcome this year, but even with those things outside that he's had to deal with, he's got Andy Reid. 
You know, um, Joe Burrow has an offensive head coach who calls plays, and, and um, you saw with Josh losing Dable, there was a bit of a regression. So that is the risk you take, but it's one that I feel like they're confident they can take and find the right play caller. And I think Jalen can look a lot more like the guy that MVP season with the right calls and the right coaching and the right, you know, people look at coordinators and they think it's just about X's and O's, and the X's and O's were bad. But I also think there's an unseen amount of communication and coaching a quarterback into situations and, you know, what's your mindset? How do you think through this? How do you game plan? There's all that stuff that we don't see. And I think if they can get that right, they can be right back where they were, at least offensively, because I don't think the personnel is going to be. It wasn't crazy different from this year to the next, from Super Bowl to this year. So there's no reason they can't be a lot better next year. Yeah. Now, as a defensive guy, when you saw they bring in Sean Desai, yeah. and then they changed to Matt Patricia, and I don't know if you heard Darius Slay. He said it's like having two marriages in the same household. One. Never. I've never experienced that. <laughs> I haven't either. Yeah. But but he said, hey, maybe one wants the the uh, shoulders massage. So he's saying the other it's not it's feet. not good. Not good. And, and um, how do you answer to two voices, two identities? So uh, defensively, where do you go from here? Well, the personnel, I think, is the bigger issue on defense. Um, you know, they're going to actually have to go out and hit on some players, and whether that's through the draft or free agency. Um, I think linebacker is a position that everybody knows that Howie hasn't always said like this is the most important thing. I think this year they weren't they weren't realistic maybe about where they were from a personnel standpoint. With looking at Bradbury and Slay, and guys are great players for a long time. But as I know, being a player sitting on this side of it, sometimes that ledge is steep and you don't know where it is. I had a coach tell me, like, I try to get rid of guys a year early before that physical decline happens, and that's the hardest thing. Yeah. And I think those guys being put in situations where they're not the same players they were a couple years ago, and, you know, Bradbury's playing man, and, and you know, Maddox goes down early in the year, that's a chain reaction type thing. And the front, there's a lot of studs on that front. Some are aging veterans. Some might not be back next year. But even a really good front needs the fractions of time in their favor. And that all starts in the back end. So you won a Super Bowl here in Philly. You won a Super Bowl in mm. New England. We've all heard how tough it is, especially in the NFC, to get back to the Super Bowl after losing in the Super Bowl. And no team has done it since the yeah. Vikings in the yeah. NFC. What happens when a team wins the Super Bowl? Obviously, you lose some good players and coaches then the quarterback gets the big contract. What all happens and how difficult of a climb is it again? Well, I think just for the simple fact that you're on a treadmill for another month, you know, like um, you're going, you're going, you're going, you don't stop. You know, even after the Super Bowl, you got the parade, you have the ring thing, you have like, you don't turn the page on it and the physicality of playing a full season plus those extra games year after year. It's a reason that I have a lot of respect for what New England's been able to do because it's not just winning one, it's the rare franchise that can get back and back and back and over and over again. New, New England's had one quarterback, you know. Um, Philly is one of those franchises that I think has done a great job of, you know, sticking the landing on the Jalen thing, winning with Nick, putting us in position with Carson. That tells me that you got a strong organization, you know, and, and San Francisco the same way. You know, they, they know what they're doing there. So, you don't know, it's not always Brady and Belichick. You know, in today's NFL, quarterback movement, scheme change, 
free agency, like you have to be able to hit the curveball every year. And I have confidence in Howie and Jeffrey. I think they can do that. But this was a misstep. The, the schemes weren't right. And I think also for players, it's human nature to get a little, you know, like over the last couple of years, you won a couple Super Bowls and, or you've been in a couple Super Bowls and there's guys that have won and know what it takes. And then there's the influx of younger players that want to be along for the ride or free agents that think like they don't know what it takes. And those guys, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they know what it takes. But as you mentioned, it's six years ago. So um, it feels like a lifetime ago. And those guys can only do so much to impart their wisdom and their leadership. Hey, celebrity cook Steve Martirano is bringing his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly, where it started. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. So make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. I've been to the one in Fort Lauderdale. I'm glad it's back in Philly. When you were watching the Eagles, though, I mean, you start 10-1 and one and you lose 6-7 of seven to end the season and still didn't have the answers on offense for the blitz and then defense missed tackling. Do you think when you watch that product that there had to be some sort of disconnect with coaches and players or even relationships between coaches and players? Well, I think it's easy on offense. You look at the scheme. So, like, I don't look at it as some relationship issue there. Certainly relationships are strained when you're – when you don't feel like you're running the best scheme and people it's a performance-based business so as players like you know we don't have full control over how we look on the field that's the biggest misconception you know it's the ultimate team game you know it's scheme matters and so i think that stuff is easy to explain away it's harder to fix because you got to nail the right guy and you got to nail a guy who hasn't hasn't called plays right because the really dynamic ones unless you get like an arthur smith that would be the perfect situation, right? A guy who's already called plays, who's been a head coach. But otherwise, you're trying to hit the head coaching cycle a year early, right? Because all the good play callers are actually getting scooped up. Yeah. So you got to find somebody like a Frank Smith in Miami who McDaniels breathed on, and maybe he's the next Shanahan. Right. <laughs> and and that's, the, that's the tightrope part of it. But defense, I think it's personnel. I just don't think they were that good. Like, you looked at the back end, and this is no disrespect to the guys, you know, they're either guys off the street or aging veterans, and, you know, you, you add to that the scheme's not, not stable. Yeah. It's interesting the point you make, though, because most of the offensive minds who get the head coaching jobs, they're calling the plays, maybe except for yeah. Brian Dable. Yeah. But all these other guys are calling the plays. And, and Nick, Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And McCarthy's gone back and forth at times. Yeah. Like, he's seated it, taking it back. But it's interesting because will they be able to get that great offensive mind because maybe he says, well, I can get a head coaching well, job. Well, if you have success – you're always going to have to replace that guy. Yeah. So your best case scenario is you having to do this over again in a couple of years. Yeah. You know. But I mean, some guys may look and say, "Well, what happened with Brian Johnson? He's known Jalen since Jalen was four, and he's gone after his first year calling." But here's the thing: it's not about who Jalen likes. It's not about who the relationship. It's about the results on the field. And I heard the same things coming in as Brian and. And, 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 and Jalen work well together. And they might, in the perfect scenario, from an interpersonal level, he knows what he likes, what he doesn't, but he wasn't able to get it out of him on the field. And so I think ultimately you can like a guy, but the scheme has to be right. And, you know, the passing concepts were, we talked about it, no, no hot answers versus blitz, a lot of the same spacing, right, and, it, you know, an unwillingness to run the ball at times. Yeah. 
you know, and it persisted right through the last game. It was really tough for everybody to watch that they didn't have the answers. One final football question before we yeah. talk about your foundation and what yeah. you're doing here in Philly. You went through the experience with Carson Wentz in Philly, yeah. and Carson got the big contract. He had the Nick Foles thing. It's different than the Jalen Hurst situation. But we're hearing little whispers now yeah. after the season ends that maybe Jalen wasn't enough of a leader or connecting with the guys this year. Maybe the relationships with Jalen and, and Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni weren't there. Yeah. What happens when a quarterback gets that big deal? What does he have to do as the leader of the team? Well, I played in St. Louis for eight years, and i got to tell you, this isn't something I have like a, an advanced degree in because most of the guys that I played with didn't get that contract. <laughs> you know, I played – through four head coaching changes, you know, uh, I, ch I played through a bunch of quarterbacks. I mean, I couldn't even remember them all. I do know this, though. It's just human nature. When things are going well, it's easy to lead, right? Um, and I think Jalen, one of the things that I really like about him from a distance is he seems like the guy that's got it between the ears, the guy that you want to play with, the guy that you want to rally around. And I'm also cognizant of back our year, you know, and you were there, and you know how this thing goes. The unnamed sources, the the Carson's this, the Carson's that. He's a bad guy. Nick is a better guy. The whole thing. It just comes down to uh, who's producing on the field. And you know, like I don't think we're having any of those conversations if Carson comes back unhealthy, mind you, and isn't looking great. Then we're having those conversations. But if he's right back to where he was in MVP form, we're not. And so I think losing and not meeting the goals always brings out the noise. And, and you know, you get people in the building who aren't happy and want to and wanna talk about their grievances, but they don't want to do it direct. They don't want to. And here's my thing. If you're a player on the Eagles and you don't like Jalen Hurts, then do something about it. Then say something to Jalen Hurts. You know, don't be back channeling this thing because I didn't like it when they did to Carson. And I don't like it when people do it to Jalen, and obviously it's a different kind of conversation because we're not saying they're the same guys, but yeah. it's this noise, right? Yep. So my thing is Jalen's got to leave when the chips are down. We'll find out. But the guys on the team who a lot of them aren't doing their jobs can't be, you know, backing the bus up over the quarterback in secrecy. Yeah. I don't like that stuff. And this is what happens when you don't win. Exactly. You don't win at all. For yeah. some teams. Yeah. But for some teams, they know how to get in the foxhole and figure it out. And some of the things that I heard were going on this year, just some of this stuff, our Super Bowl year, we would have never had those things because we had enough guys in the locker room to be like, hey, we're going to handle it here. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take care of our problems in-house. And I think in 18 and beyond, you saw that when the team changes a little bit, it's not as easy to do that. Yeah, and maybe a little more finger pointing and, and maybe not the accountability. Yeah, and like I said, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, those guys, Jason Kelsey, they know how to do it, but you need a whole locker room full of guys. The thing that made our year awesome was I hadn't been there long, Patrick Robinson hadn't been there long, LeGarrette Blunt hadn't been there, Torrey Smith. But it's really not about who's been in the building the longest. It's about the guys coming together and saying, like, we have all these experiences. We have a team full of leaders. You have a leader in every room, you know, and I think leadership is so important. Yeah. And Jalen said he learned a lot this year about and I'm sure he did. And, and, and encountering these situations. He'll be, listen, if I had to guess, if they bring in the right hire, no one's going to be talking about Jalen's not the answer. I think we got out over, uh, over our skis on the MVP thing because he did have an MVP year. But as we found out, it's about 
dressing these quarterbacks up. Most of them, it's, it's how nice can you dress them up? Yeah. And that's on the organization. And so I think, if anything, we got a little bit out over our skis and thinking that Jalen's that good that he can just make anything right. You know, there's only a couple of those guys on the planet. And it's okay if you don't have one. Jalen's a guy you can win with. He came within this close of beating Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He's good enough. You just got to get it out of him from an organizational standpoint. All right, with championship weekend coming up in the NFL, four teams are left. Let's look at the Super Bowl futures odds powered by Fanatic Sportsbook. The 49ers leading the pack at plus 140, and the Ravens plus 180, Chiefs are plus 350, and the Lions are plus 700. These odds are powered by Fanatic Sportsbook. And you hope this was a learning experience for everybody. And yeah. uh, I see this pretty cool uh, logo over here, the Chris Long Foundation. And every time you come back to Philly, you're always doing great things. And you're a Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah, tell us about game day standard. It's obviously a beer yeah. here, but you're helping kids in Philly. Yeah, Chickie and Pete's, legendary, Yards, awesome brewery. Um, you know, game day standard is going to be a beer that's going to that's going to actually help people and um you know i think beer is generally a great help to guys like you and me but <laughs> you know when you're thinking about school children in the philadelphia area it's going to go to our ed zone programming which it's up and running in my hometown of charlottesville these are essential need needs lockers and um you know we're going to try this spring to get it going in a big way here in philly and this beer is going to help out a lot i put it this way when when i played if you didn't have your equipment you went out on the field you'd feel totally out of sorts, right? You need the, the bare essentials to even have a chance. And you look at a lot of the kids in city schools and underserved schools and you think, you know, like school's hard. It intimidated me. I was in a great school district. I had, I had everything I needed and I was terrified as a student. I try to put myself in these kids' positions. I liken it to not having a chin strap or not having thigh pads or not having shoulder pads, not having a coat to go to school and it's 20 degrees outside, having holes in your shoes, not having hygiene products. It's embarrassing, it leads to bullying, and we wanna give kids dignity, because it's hard enough to make the grade if you don't have the essentials. And is it harder now for kids? Oh yeah, the it's harder than any time yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. Like when we were kids, I feel like the old guy, but we just go out, go outside and play. Yeah. You know, you play and, street hockey in, yeah, the, in the neighborhood and, and stuff. And, and school and, and education in America is something that's right under our nose. If we want to pay it forward to the next generation and improve our country, wherever you land on the political spectrum, whatever, we get divided on a million things. I don't know why we can't agree on giving the next generation of leaders the best, most equitable chance of success. I mean, we're talking about we're the... We got everything in this country, right? We, we, we love to point it out. It's true. But if we're not educating the back of the class, so to speak, um, because I was a back of the class kid, if you're only teaching to the front of the class, you're not going to get the results you want as a society and as a country. And I think it'd be awesome if we all just agreed that, like, there shouldn't be any kids going to school without a coat, without, without books. You know, we're also uh, distributing books. If kids don't read by fourth grade at that point, you are no longer learning to read, you're reading to learn. So you get left behind. And we're leaving a whole generation of kids behind. And we're leaving a lot of leaders uh, out there, potentially, to, dr to, to dry. And uh, I just, this is what Ed Zone's about. And I, I'm glad we're doing it in Philly, because I love Philly, and uh, I love coming back, and 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, as we put up your, your foundation's website and people can, can go on there and they can help out, um, why is it that you're doing it in Philly? I mean, you won a championship, uh, yeah. but you weren't here long, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've, I've said this before. Like, I played eight years in St. Louis. When, when I got cut there, it, you know, after year eight, they were moving to L.A. I don't have, you know, I still work in St. Louis. We still do do stuff in St. Louis. That's a very special place to me, but I'm kind of NFL homeless. You know, and, and, you know, Philly gave me that, that home. Uh, it really did. New England was great. I was there for a year, but the, this city, man, something, something about it for me. Um, I don't know if they just took me for what I was for the first time in my career. You know, it's like when I was in St. Louis, I had a lot of pressure on me, high pick. You know, uh, when I came to Philly, it was different. It was like, they're just going to judge you for what you can bring to the table, how hard you play, you know, who you are as a person. And, and I love that because it's the ultimate mirror, you know? Yeah. It's like you want, you want to know where you stand. These people will tell you. And I love that. I love that about them. And I was lucky to be here at the right time, too. Yeah. You know, I don't know if people would like me as much if I was in 2020 team. So I think it's just right place, right time. And I'm so thankful to have a place that I can call home. Well, you're authentic, and that's what they love about you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's what they love about you. I've been trying not to be, but it's hard. It's hard to fake it. Yeah, yeah, because you're too real. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't know. No, you're too real. But I love this place. I really do. Yeah. And you're getting a little emotional, aren't you? No, no, no. I yawned. Oh. Yeah. No, I thought we had a movie. No, no, no. I, 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 I have gotten emotional about Philly before. Saw the, um, uh, the, t- the little wetness No, I'm tired. I, I yawned. But, oh, uh, man. I thought we had it. No, I mean, like, <laughs> but this place could make me emotional. Yeah. I, it, it, um, there's just such a, a kinship. Like, when you're on that team, you walk around this city, man, you're just like... I don't need to be a god. I don't need anybody to treat me like that. But people just, they treat you with respect. And they, the fans here, they, they'll come up and tell you they appreciate you. But they don't take up your whole day. Yeah. They're people you want to talk to. Every place I've ever been traveling, I've met an Eagles fan. Whether I'm in the Cayman Islands, whether I'm in uh, Amsterdam, I've met Eagles fans all over the world. And it's the coolest experience. Yeah. Yeah, I met one in Montana last year at the Did bar you? in like Big Fork, Montana. <laughs> talking for like 15 minutes. So do they either do the Eagles chant or go birds when they see it? It's usually go birds. Go birds, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I love I love to say it. You're right. It's around the world. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It's it's currency around the yeah, world, like is. when Eagles fans run into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One final question, Jason Kelsey. Um, do you think he's really hanging him up? It's hard for me to say. You know, if you didn't know anything about Jason, you saw him shirtless with his nipples out in, uh, in the suite with Taylor Swift, you would have said... Yeah, that's the look of a guy who's retiring. But if you know Jason, that's just another Tuesday or, you know, it's another <laughs> Sunday. And so, so, like, I don't take anything from that. I also think Jeff Fisher was one of my favorite coaches. He told me don't retire in months that start with Jays. January, July, June, you're either it's too fresh off the season or you're just dreading camp later in the year. You know, I think Jason's going to take some time and, and figure it out. All right. Yeah. Well, he's he's gonna he's gonna do it in a big way if he does retire. We know that. That's, that's all he does. That's all man. he does. He's the man. He, he overshadowed Taylor Swift, which is hard to do in America. A lot of people were excited about that because I've been <laughs> hearing that some people don't want to see Taylor Swift. It's amazing. You hear it like from people at dinner where you go like, I just let the. So wait, you telling me you're not gonna watch Mahomes and Allen because Taylor Swift's in the suite? Right. And they're gonna cut two or three times. For 10 that's seconds. what I'm saying. Yeah. The joke's on you if you miss that yeah. ball game exactly. with Taylor Swift. Exactly. 
So. Well, great catching yeah. up with you. Yeah. And uh, Game Day Standard yep. and ChrisLongFoundation.org. Yep. And yep. people can help out. People and, can help out. And you're still connected Come by the here. beer. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm up here every week for Inside the NFL. I love it. Yeah. Great show, by the way. Thank nice you. job. I appreciate it. It's fun. Very good analysis. Yes, thank you. Oh, I'm so flagrant.